Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Strumsky. This week, we'll be diving into the world of abandoned places through the eyes of an urban explorer and photographer, Blake Harris. Our guest today is a man who has traveled across the country to capture the beauty and mystery of abandoned factories, banks, churches, asylums, and even one water park. With his camera in hand, he ventures into forgotten places, capturing the stories that these structures have to tell through his lens. From crumbling walls to broken windows, every detail tells a story of its own, and our guest is here to share those stories with us. Throughout the episode, we'll hear about some of the most memorable adventures, the challenges he's faced, and what it takes to photograph these abandoned locations. So join us as we journey through the hidden corners of forgotten places and discover the beauty that can be found in decay. Enjoy. Hey, how are we doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. Tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Blake Harris, as you probably saw. So I am 20 years old. I currently am a full-time college student at the University of Missouri, Kansas City which is like the sister school to Mizzou or MU. And in my free time, I also do, in my free time, I do YouTube, TikTok, uh, photography. And it mainly is around abandoned places and telling the story of those places. I also have my own business and uh, work on that. So that's just a little bit about me and my background. What gets you, like, did you grow up around a lot of abandoned areas and it, did that is that what kind of got you into it? So ever since I was younger, I always, ever since I was younger, I really liked exploring. And the thing is, we live in a time now where the entire world has basically been explored. I guess not the ocean, but just land has been explored. You can go on Google Earth or Google Maps and basically see all around you. So I wanted to be an explorer, but there's nothing really to explore. But even as a kid, my parents would let me go outside and play. And me and the neighborhood friends, we try to see how far we can go and kind of push the limits there. And I live in Kansas City, so there's not really a lot of there's not really a lot of nature. There's not a lot of that you might see in other places. So for us to do exploring, it's more of an urban environment. And we just and I really just got into abandoned buildings. Well, do you want me to tell you how I got into abandoned like buildings in general or sure? But before I have a perfect name for you if you want to use it. I don't know if it's bad. I just thought of it. The re-explorer. The re-explorer. I, <laughs> I like that. I like that. What? I just, I've always been curious as a kid, just curiosity has always been a big thing. And we would just explore as we were younger and, you know, and then once I got into high school, I had an old friend that I knew from middle school and we had lost touch over the last two or three years, but we still had a mutual friend who was, if that makes sense. So there's my old friend. And then I have a mutual friend who's friends with both of us. And he said, Hey, our old friend, his name's Ethan. He's like, he started a YouTube channel where he's exploring abandoned places. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I texted him. And I'm like, hey, I know we haven't talked in two years, but do you, I'd like to go with you sometime. And he's like, okay, do you want to go tomorrow? And so we went there. And then a few years later, I took on kind of the host of his YouTube channel. And now we share the YouTube channel together. And I'm just kind of the, I'm kind of the host or the face of the channel, if that makes sense. And he does all the behind the scenes work. Mm -hmm. And that's originally how it started though. Cause it was just, it was just curiosity though. So I was like, oh, abandoned place. I've seen those on YouTube and stuff. I always wondered what it's like inside of those. And being from the city and stuff, it wasn't like, there wasn't really like a lot of people don't escape to like nature or stuff. There's not really that here. I mean, there is, but it's just farmland and things like that, which isn't too exciting to me personally. So our escape was, okay, let's go down to the city and find something to do. And I think the thing about urban, and I, I really like photography. I've always liked photography, but I think the combination between in history too, the combination between hi history, photography, the adrenaline rush and the exploring. So I've always liked exploring since I was young. I think the combination of all four of those just was a, was just perfect to why I liked the hobby and why I got into it. And then I just love just content creation as well. Just being able to make something and put it out there and people being able to appreciate that. And me being able to look and see like a finished work of like a, you know, a mini documentary or something like, I just enjoy the entire process of the whole thing. So I think that's why I'm in it. And that's why I'm staying in kind of this niche hobby, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, 
So big question. After, after, I guess, your first couple of times going, what did you learn that you have to bring with you? Like, you know how you do something so many times, you're like, man, I, I should have brought like tissues or chapstick or gum. You know what I mean? Like something like to you, maybe it's like... Uh, it was a flashlight. The, a flash. Well, what about... Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, pipe, not pipe cutters. Uh, bolt, bolt cutters. Cutter? Yeah. See, the thing is, we don't, we don't break into places, though. We don't well, cut. Even if there's something in like inside the building that's locked up, you guys never get curious about that. Uh, what do you, do you mean like a safe or a door or something? You could say a safe, but yeah, a door. Was yeah, we found weird. safes and stuff, but we've like tried to like get them up. But I mean, a lot of them won't come open or doors. I mean, we have ways of opening doors, but just when it comes to buildings in general, if a lot of them are locked up, um, boarded up, things like that, we let other people do that. We're not going to do that. Because usually if the building's well taken care of by what I mean by that is boarded up, there's a good chance that the owner actually cares. And if you get caught in there, there's going to be repercussions versus more of a dilapidated property. Because for example, trespassing, it there can't, it's there has to be a victim that wants to press charges. And a lot of these dilapidated properties, the owners don't really care about the property. That's why it's in such bad shape. Mm-hmm. So if it meant you were to face any legal trouble, most of the time the owners don't really care. But if they're actively putting money and resources into maintaining the property through like fences and locking doors and stuff, I don't really want to mess with that. Yeah, it's makes just, sense. I'll let other people do that if they want to, and we'll follow in after them. Like once the place is completely open, but we're not. I I just stay away from that. And you get down a slippery slope there too. I think as well, yeah. and it kind of takes away from because we're there. We're we don't take anything. We don't spray paint. We're there to purely document and stuff. So we don't want to be breaking any more like loss than we have to you know makes sense uh so on to that fact uh what kind of i guess is kind of alludes to that what kind of precautions do you take i guess before you scout out a site or uh i guess prepare for it because obviously you don't do this well you don't do it on a whim right so um the first thing is We'll usually scout the place out either on Google, like if it's um if it's local to us, we'll like drive around it and scout it out, kind of see like, okay, where are some possible entrances? Where is is this even accessible? Is there security? Is there police? Is there a fence? And then once we know a way in, then we'll be like, okay, so when would the perfect time to be to come back to go into there? Um, we'll scout out on Google Maps a lot. We'll do that as well. And the thing is, we also talk to a lot of other people. Like, we don't like going into places if we can't find somebody else who's been in there mm-hmm. just for precautionary reasons. Because if other people have been going in there, no problems. And we should also be able to get in there, no problem. We don't like to be the first to go into a yeah, place. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Because assessment and looking at your YouTube channel, I mean, there's, a, there's some dangerous places. Like, you went into abandoned mine. You went into a Federal yeah. Reserve Bank with a safe. You went into... Yeah. And, and I talked to talked to you about this before, but an asylum, like I, I don't scare like super easy, but I mean, like that's just asking to be scared to go to an <laughs> asylum. Cause you don't think you would go. Yeah. Cause you didn't go to, from what I saw in the pictures, you didn't go to the asylum during the day. You went to the asylum at night. Well, no, we went to the, I think the asylums we went to, we went to I'm trying to think, no, we went during the day at both of them. However, okay, that's smart. However, one of them, though, was so boarded up that it was pitch dark in there. And so there's two ones we went to. There's the Northville Asylum, which is in Detroit, Michigan. And then there's the Topeka State Hospital. The one building we went into, the Topeka one, or there was two, it was kind of creepy because the one building left the children's ward. And it was just, and we just walked in there and they had like cartoon, like pictures on the wall. And then they had this nice gym in there and and then we put it on Facebook, like, hey, guys, what, what are your experiences here? And we put it into a Topeka history group, which has, I think, like 60,000 members or so. So, I mean, there's a lot of people and the whole comments was like, I went there and I was abused and stuff. Like, my little sister went there. And I think one lady said that one of her siblings actually passed away on, while she was there at that hospital due to, like, mistreatment and stuff. And the other building we went to, which I think was the adult side, they had a they had this little box thing up on the wall and you'd open it up. It's like where you hang keys at. However, it wasn't keys. We opened it and there was nothing in there, but it said like shackles, like 
handcuffs and stuff. And it was like, but this is supposed to be a hospital, you know, and they have like shackles and handcuffs and they have like panic buttons, like in this like safe room and stuff for like the guards. And actually at that particular hospital in Kansas, uh, back in, I think it was the early nineties, one of the workers actually, or, uh, one of the patients actually stabbed and killed one of the workers, which kind of put the place on the map. And I think kind of probably helps yeah. lead to his eyes and clothes. It's funny you bring that up because I think the last last video I saw of yours was the huge water park where yep. a kid had died, right? Do so you know was, do you know if that led to the closing down of it or so that water park is uh Schlitterbahn. It's no longer there. Um it's in Kansas City, Kansas, and it was home to the world's tallest water slide. Um, I, I think it was like 13 stories tall. I actually went there when it was open before it went abandoned. So it was very nice. I actually had my birthday party there. I was a kid, so it was very nostalgic to go back. So what happened there was they had this ride for about two years, and it was it was very unsafe, very unsafe. And they put this kid in a raft, and they didn't check the weight. He didn't meet the weight requirements of it, but they just passed him through anyway. And the raft was too light, and when it was going down the hill, it went airborne, and he ended up getting decapitated. And so, and they opened like a couple of days later, surprisingly, like the water park. And there was just so, and then they got, it was actually a, it was a state representative's son, which didn't, which did not help Slitterbond's case. And so he sued them and he got charged, he got manslaughter charges or second degree murder charges on like the builders of the slide and stuff. I mean, cause he definitely had some weight, like legal weight that he could pull, but all the charges ended up getting dropped, but they had to pay like $20 million. And just around here, it was such a, just nobody wanted to go there because it's just like it was yeah. just pure neglect and they reviewed the park and i think half of the slides had to be closed after that because they were deemed unsafe so wow half of the park wasn't even open anymore because it was unsafe and then the other half like why would you want to go there so wow they ended up closing down that's crazy like decapitation is just it's just medieval to me like the thought of that tied to today it's crazy because you don't it's even hear that so what happened was they had a netting. So just in case the raft didn't go like here's, so here's the slide, let's say they had a netting up top. So the raft wouldn't go completely flying, but when the raft went airborne, it hit the top of the metal net and that's what, and his head got. Yeah. That's it crazy. Was, um, it, was very, it was very weird to be there though. It was just like knowing that like a kid who came there just for a good time ended up dying and stuff. And part of the slide was still left up. They hadn't took it down yet. And it was just, I don't know. It was very, especially also since I went there as a kid and, it was just kind of a surreal place to be. So a little onto that, and this probably wasn't your favorite, but what's what's been, I guess, your your favorite experience? I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to be tied to your favorite place, but what would that be? Ah, oh, that's so hard. Well, tell me all the places that you enjoyed, or top three. <laughs> top, top three you like. Yeah, I actually have a top. So... One place that was kind of surprising, it was down by a river and it was a warehouse, maybe about mm, 10,000 square feet, maybe. And we're just like, okay, we can go check this warehouse out. I mean, usually you want us to like, oh, massive bank, a big skyscraper, a power plant, you know, thing, or jail. So we're like, eh, it's just a random warehouse. So we go in the warehouse, this backside. And I don't know if you saw the picture or not, but we found a car inside this warehouse from the 1930s. Really? It's completely, complete condition. Like, the tires still had air in them. That's great. And it was, just, and we found a fire truck from like the whole warehouse was just covered in like vehicles from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Like there's probably at least a dozen of them, and they looked. I mean, they probably didn't run, but they looked. It just looked perfect, and it was weird. And like it was just filled with stuff. There was like an auto shop in there, and they had this. They had this like 15 foot like big giant fake shark hanging from the ceiling in this warehouse and it was just it was just very weird what what was the building before you said it was a, a we just thought it like was a storage or yeah i think that's what it i think it was like it was used as storage but the place went abandoned i mean there was severe water damage graffiti like on the outside okay. it was just i'm just surprised nobody tried to get all those cars yeah that's what i was thinking and i put people were like you should have took the car i'm like how am i gonna get a car out of there first off Second off here, wait, I'm going to pull up a picture of it if you don't mind and show oh, that's fine. And then there's, uh, we found like an old fire truck as well. Just, oh, wow. That is old. That's like antique. Here's, here's the shark I was talking. <laughs> it was just the most random stuff ever. 
<laughs> and it was just it was weird though because we're like this is and we looked it up and like the owner or the old owner of that establishment i mean it's been closed the owner was dead it's been closed forever i mean you're talking the windows are open it's just all that stuff's left there no graffiti no nothing and it was just it was just very surprising just so i'd say that well i wouldn't say that's the best but that's definitely one of the most surprising places we've been i don't know if i I don't know if I did a good job explaining that. No, no, that, I mean, it's, it's probably not the best, but it's definitely surprising. I mean, who would expect a, a flying shark and a bunch of like, right. And it was just nice old sh- cars left. I mean, a lot of times you were just like, for example, oh, it's a big skyscraper. Like we're excited or a power plant or something, but we're like, oh, it's just a little, like, we didn't know what it was. It was just a warehouse. Well, let's go check it out. We didn't know what was going to be on the inside. Most yeah. of the time it was empty, but I would say. I'd say one of the coolest places I visited though is called a uh, sunflower ammunition plant. And that's mm-hmm. out in Kansas. It's about 10,000 acres. And at one point, I think I want to say like 8,000 people live there and it was a uh, military ammunition plant. However, it closed and there's just, there's hundreds of buildings there. Like I'd say probably three or 400 abandoned buildings. So walking through it and there was a power plant there walking through it. It was just weird. Cause Somebody had been using it though to keep their cows at. So we're just walking through like these streets of this abandoned town. There's just cows just like everywhere, just like standing in the street. It looked like a scene out of like The Walking Dead. That was just that was really really cool. And then I'd say my next place would be uh Jamestown Mall in St. Louis. That place is, I mean, it's one and a half million square feet. There's a I think there's like an eight screen movie theater in there, and it's just it's all abandoned. Oh, it's all abandoned. And it's it's gnarly too. Like there's graffiti everywhere. Like it just looks like just your it just looks like the typical abandoned place, but the lighting in there is just perfect for photos. I've been there twice. Cause I would imagine like they've got like a what do they call that when uh, the glass above? Do they have the one sky, of those? Yep. Yeah, skylight. No, they do. And it's just and then we went there and they had like uh like an old record store in there and they had like a foot locker and it was just like and when I was a kid, we used to go to, we used to go to the mall a lot, the mall closed or the, well, not all of them, but some of the ones up like North they've closed uh, up where I live. So it was pretty nostalgic. I, cause I never, I never went to Jamestown mall ever. I didn't know it existed when I was younger, but still a lot of the same establishments that were over in Kansas city, they had them cause a lot of malls, they kind of had the same stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just really, it was really cool to go through there. And I'd be like, Oh, I remember going there when I was a kid back at, you know, my hometown mall. And it was just, Cause I mean, I, when's the last time, like really anybody's been in like a mall mall, at least for me anyway, maybe you go a lot or something, but no, I mean, it, but it was like, I mean, yeah, it was and my it's... child going away, you know, and it was just, but I'd say, yeah, that's probably like, ah, there's just so many though, different places. I mean, the federal reserve is another good one. Yeah. So that one, that one looks really cool from the photos just because it has like that old timey, uh, safe. Yeah. And you see all those tumblers and then you see the bars and stuff like that. How is that? Uh, the safe, I mean, well, they actually have multiple vaults in there, but it is just, it's it's so massive. It's way bigger than you think. It's probably a few thousand. Well, there's two vaults. The one that I think you're talking about, the one like the like the big vault, I'd say it's probably a thousand square feet. But I'd say the other one's probably two or three thousand square feet. Okay. And it's just they have it divided up. So I'm assuming like you go in there and there's like there's cages within the cages. And it's just it's crazy to think about how much money was just sitting in there at one point. And then you see the security guards room like right next to it. And then you can see all the cameras that they used to have up there, too. And they just had them everywhere. It was just like, I mean, how many people get to go into the vault, though? You know, but I mean, it's abandoned, but still like it's pretty cool because we got to see like the behind this because it closed in 2008. But we got to see the behind the scenes that like. You normally wouldn't see them like okay so oh, this yeah. is you're not gonna be walking into these uh right to these safes at any time like that and it's just yeah it was just crazy to see how big it was and how they operate and just the tunnels that like because there were tunnels that would go like that would connect underground to the like the back side of the vault so they could bring like money drops and stuff in and man was, you never think about that that reminds me of know. what's that what's that movie uh inside man with uh Gerard have you seen that Gerard Butler and Denzel Washington I won't spoil it for you but (laughs) there's something like that in there uh that's crazy like I feel like that would be my favorite place 
the, the yeah, bank I mean, for some reason. And I mean, it's you're talking like 18 stories, so you're up on the roof, and it just has a. It's right in the middle of downtown. You just have a beautiful view of like the whole downtown Kansas City. It's just, it, I don't know. It's just, it's one of my favorite places as well. So. so so I know we touched on this, but have you ever got into any legal trouble? I, I know you say you guys scope it out. You don't, but I mean, you have one. So have I, I've, never been, I've never been arrested, never been put in handcuffs, never been cited, never been given a ticket. However, so when I first started this, I didn't really get into the photography probably till around like 2018, I'd say. But so mind you, I started like sophomore year. So I was like 15 doing this. And we were just kind of more going, not for the history, not for the document. We were just going more for the fun of it. So we went to this place called the Woodlands. There's an Amazon warehouse there now, but it was an old horse racing track for dogs and greyhounds. And um, we went up there. It was old, like stadium kind of for, uh, yeah, horse racing. We went up there and we started pulling on the doors and stuff. And it was me and my friend, Ethan. And we ended up setting off silent motion detectors and didn't know it. And then about 10 minutes later, we see these cars just like multiple cars start pulling up in the parking lot. And then we just see boom, boom. And then we just see lights going all over. And but we didn't put the connection together that it was the police yet. So then we're like, OK, maybe they should go. And we're, we're like, we're kind of hiding for probably about 40 minutes. And then we get out to leave and we climb the fence. And then we had the dumb idea of let's drive into the parking lot and see if it was like security or the police. I don't know. I don't know why that would be a good idea. And we did. So we drove in the parking lot and we're like, Oh, it's the police. And then they saw us pulling the parking lot. So then they pulled us over and then they were like, we basically told them what they were, what we were doing. And then they're like, yeah, I don't know. We had to talk to the property owner, see if he wants to press charges or anything. And he didn't want to press charges or anything. And I was like, and after that, we're like, that was way too, too close. Oh Yeah. And so after that, we we haven't really had any. Well, we did at Jamestown Mall actually. We got caught coming out of there, but uh, I don't condone running from the police at all. I don't condone that. But our vehicle was in a. So there was. I'm trying to lay this out. So you have Jamestown Mall. We've already explored the whole place. We're coming out. This is back in. Uh, this is back in 2021. We're coming out, and then there's this big hill, and there's these woods, and our cars on the other side of the woods. And this cop is on the complete other side of Jamestown Mall in the parking lot. So he's probably mm, a third of a, mm, probably half a mile away from us. He sees us and he turns his lights on. And I don't even think we're on the property anymore. We're like up on this hill in this, of this neighborhood because you have like this neighborhood. Then you have like a hill that goes down. Then Jamestown Mall is like right here. And we're up mm. on the hill. And then he turns on his lights and we're like, we already went there. We already came out. We don't even live here. Like, so, so we went to the, so we kind of, we moved quickly to the car, I'm going to say the least, and we got out of there. But we knew that there was no way for him to get us, though. There was just, and it was just, I don't condone running from the police at all. It's just, and that situation, it just didn't make sense at that to yeah. talk to him. Because, I mean, there was no way for him to get us. We already went in there. We already came out. We didn't do anything. It's just going to be, it would just be unnecessary. So, yeah. I mean, I don't see any issues with it. You guys are just taking pictures. Plus, you're not like, and and i get their point of view too they're like oh, oh another another graffiti person well i mean yeah somebody graffiti somebody stealing i mean they're gonna How often think, do you run into people doing graffiti any anytime i run into scrappers more than i run into people doing graffiti that makes a lot of sense because scrapping is just i've only seen stop. a couple of people actually like out doing graffiti i think a lot of people do graffiti but when they hear other people they stop doing it but I've seen scrappers, like I've walked by scrappers and they're just like, oh, we're just looking around. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're just filming. And they walk by and they just have like a bag and they're just like copper wire spilling out their bag. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, you're okay. Like, I mean, it, I'm not going to, it's not my job to enforce that. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't steal copper or anything, but I'm not, it, it's, I'm not going to put myself at risk to intervene there, especially when I'm not even supposed to be there. So I'm just like, you guys do your thing, you know, and they let us do ours. And so, so yeah, you see a lot of stealing copper, though. Especially. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. I, I'm just surprised about the car. And nobody just tried to push out the cars. Yeah, I don't see. But the way it's set up is uh, the cars, like in that warehouse, they're so big. It's so buried in there that I don't know. I don't know how you do it, though. I mean, it's not really worth the... Uh... 
Oh, no, I think it'd be worth it. I just don't know how you do it not get caught, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They're garage doors, but they're kind of, they're like closed, closed. So I don't know. You have to get through, you have to crawl through a window to actually get in there, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I see all these other cooler places, like anything with questions with any of the churches or the breweries that you visited? Anything unique that you saw in there when you were? Not. Hmm. I, I like the churches. I think the churches are really cool just because a lot of them are older churches from like the 1800s and you can just really see the craftsmanship and just the stained glass, the organs are sometimes left, the pews. I mean, all the pews have like hand cut designs on them and it's just, ah, it's, it's Plus, really cool. That's the thing. Nobody, no sane person is going to steal stuff out of an abandoned church. You actually, I mean? uh, actually uh, we went to this church it's called the First Church which is scientists down in Kansas City is demolished now. That's only why I'm just kind of saying the names of some of these places if they're demolished. Like the warehouse is not, it's still there. So I'm not going to like, but this church though, somebody had, we went there a couple of times and I think, I think the last time we went there, somebody had come in and cut out all the pews. You can see somebody had a saw and cut out all the pews and dragged them out the window and stole them. I'm not sure why, but I mean, they were beautiful though, just with like the craftsmanship, but it's like, if anything's worth the value, like uh, there was a school uh, Robeson Middle School it's still there in Kansas City and they put up a fence around the school to try to keep people out people came in and stole the fence for the metal so it's like yeah you know, they were just, it's like I don't know what you do there but it's just anything of value people are going to take it even things that don't have value people are still going to take it it's just I don't know man. I guess it just happens so it's unfortunate though I get I guess touching on uh the question i kind of asked before at the beginning mm -hmm. uh, draws people to looking at pictures of abandoned places do you think it's like just seeing a place so rung down that you would imagine would just still be like thriving or what do you think i think i think there's some level to the like i think i think it's different for certain people i think certain people it's what, like, why do we listen to scary stories and things like that? I think some people get creeped out by it. That's why they would kind of watch some of those exploring videos or look at the photos. They're like, ooh, that's creepy. I couldn't imagine being there. Other people watch it for the history. They're like, oh, I went to that mall or that water park as a kid. That's why. And look at it now. And I just think other people, I think it has somewhat of a nostalgic, like, aesthetic, if that makes sense. Even if places you didn't go to, it's like, wow, this church, like, it makes you think, like, huh, 100 years ago, this church was completely filled up, and now it's not. It's just, it looks like this. It's kind of crazier. This town was once thriving. Now it's just empty. Like, it's, it makes you kind of think about, like, kind of the world around you and how, in the moment, everything, certain places and certain communities are just thriving, but it's, like, it's kind of way, like, almost everything comes to an end at some point, you know? I mean, the schools and stuff you went through, went to as a kid, eventually, most likely, eventually, they're going to either go abandoned or they're going to be torn down. I mean, they're not going to be there forever. Yeah. So would you say, I mean, I mean, it's huge in a lot of these places you have gone to as a child. Do you think your, perspe your perspective or let's say, yeah, let's say perspective has changed from now to before you started going through these abandoned places and when i, I say i oh, sorry keep going no no go ahead i was just gonna say what i'm trying to get at is do you feel um more relishing in the now a lot of these places that you visit that have some let's say the places that are still there that were there when you were a kid for example this isn't a good example but the house you're in now is the house you grew up in, correct? So yeah. can you imagine 20 years, 30 years from now? It makes when... you think about it makes you think about stuff like that. And I think the I think I think often in life we just we can get caught up in just like the fast pace and the movement of everything. And we think that certain things are always going to be there. Like, oh, this is always going to be there. That's always going to be there and i think going to abandoned places like especially like some of these like businesses that went abandoned or something like at one point this was or this fat factory at one point this was someone's dream this was someone's livelihood somebody had put their whole life into building this factory or somebody had 
put their whole life into building this church or think about how many lives were changed at this church. And now it's just, or this school, how many people went to this school, how big of a, like how big of a part of people's lives the school was when it was open. And now it's just closed and just sits here and nobody thinks about it. It's just kind of interesting to think. I don't know. I don't know if that made sense or not. No, it does. Does it affect your, I guess, outlook of the future? Like when, when I say that, I mean, like, do you see buildings nowadays that are thriving differently? I think I see certain buildings that are thriving now. And I do wonder, I'm like, huh, I wonder if this will ever go abandoned or this would be crazy if it was abandoned. Yeah. You're like, man, I can't wait to, can't wait to (laughs) explore this one. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And especially like, I I thought about like, oh, like if my elementary school went abandoned or something, I was like, that would be so nostalgic to like walk through there and to see that. And the only place I've really been to, like when it was active, because I've only been doing, I've been doing this since 2017. So I mean, five, six years, not that many places I went to have, have like been abandoned since then, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so the water park was really, that was, that's probably the best example I have of just, cause I was like, oh, I remember, cause I hadn't been in like, like five years. And then I went back and I was like, oh, I remember all this now. And it was just, it was weird. Cause every time I went there, it was just always busy people and families everywhere. And now it's just, it's really just an eyesore. And every time somebody looks at it, they think of the event that happened with the kid there. And it's just, you know. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Uh, so looking forward, I got two questions for you looking forward. One, okay. what are what's the number one place that you would want to visit in the future, barring you've got a ticket and an airplane anywhere you want to go? Chernobyl. You really? Chernobyl, hundred percent. We were talking about going in uh twenty twenty four, but the issue is you know Russia Ukraine things. So yeah. It's kind of, I guess round trip tickets were like six hundred dollars, like right before Russia invaded them. Um, but now it's like, now it's you yeah. basically have to fly in, then you got to. You can't even get there. I mean, they're kind of fighting right right in the old like. Uh, yeah, there. I think I heard that when they first started, they were doing that. Yeah, so. I think our 2024 plans have been postponed and they're just, it was nothing set in stone. It was like, Hey, do you want to go? Cause that's the year me and my friend are going to graduate college. I'd like, I'd be like our big, like hoorah. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. And it was just, I mean, that's kind of put on hold though. Cause it's all, just all the uh, former Olympic sites all look good too. Like, uh, well, I was going to yeah, say Moscow, Moscow is good, but. The uh, one Rio, that one's very abandoned as well. Cause I'm oh, sorry. Keep going. They build these, no, you're good. They build these huge places just for the Olympic Games, like arenas that hold a hundred thousand. But the thing is, they can't. Like after the Olympics are gone, they can't support them. There's nothing, you know. Like Rio is a very impoverished. I don't know about Rio necessarily, but Brazil, from what I've seen, is and around the stadium and around where that was. It's a very. That's just the example I'm using. It's a very impoverished community. No, you're you're completely so, right. They they can't. Get- yeah, hundred thousand arena soccer stadium. Once the Olympics are gone, they can't fill that. They know they can't, but I think they get a lot of money. I I wonder if it pays for itself in a way, but I do know they kind of just leave them there. And there's some pretty cool. I think the Olympics are going to be. I think they're coming to the states, like the summer. I think it's going to L.A. or something. Or, yeah, what they usually do is they'll probably have it in excuse me in LA but I think they might be doing satellite sites like they usually do oh, like okay. they'll have them in different areas I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's all LA it might be LA and like maybe areas around it like yeah. San Francisco I, I think LA could support it like I don't think they need to buy anything else like they already have the arenas they already have well, that, yeah they have a bunch of arenas already didn't they pull the Rams they pulled yeah. They built the uh, brand new like SoFi Stadium. I think that's where the Super Bowl was back in uh, twenty. One of the like couple last couple years. I think that's where the Super Bowl was. But so after you graduate, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? What what what's drawing you? I enjoy like working with money, helping people with money, things like that. So I think I'm probably gonna stick. Well, I know I'm gonna stick with uh, and get a career following my major. You know, something I something I enjoy doing. I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. 
But if it came to a place where our YouTube completely blew up and we could live off that, I would totally do that immediately, 100%. But I, I think the thing about a YouTube channel is I don't know if you necessarily, once it's going, I mean, you could put out a video once every week and be fine. Like once it's like moving, moving. So I think there'd be room there to be able to still have a full-time job and be able to work on that. So, but yeah, I would, I would totally do it in the future, 100%. It's just, I don't think right now it's viable and I'm not, I think, I think life, you have to take calculated risks. And also the alternative to the YouTube would be going into a job and a career that I already enjoy and I like doing. So I don't see it as a bad, I don't see it as a bad alternative, but I'm going to continue to just do both of them. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, double down with both. And if it works out, then you can keep on going abandoned and taking photographs i'll continue to do that for uh, probably, i say forever but maybe not maybe something i don't know we say we'll do certain things forever but yeah sometimes we, don't, sometimes we do so the one question i ask everyone that i interview what is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to the next generation and what's something that you try to do differently or avoid mm. Well, I come from like a Christian background, Christian family, and they've instilled those kind of values in me. So I'd like to, you know, kind of be a godly example to, you know, my future kids and things like that and be a, be an example of what a, of what like good character is, somebody that they can look up to. And then I can't, I think, I don't have any kids yet, but one thing that I was kind of thinking about, because I was looking at the questions today. I'm glad my parents let me have the freedom to go and explore abandoned places and do that as a young kid. And I could be open or not young kid, but a teenager and be open with them about that. And if your parents, your parents protect you because they love you, but they also let you go do things and let you get hurt and figure things out on your own because they love you. But it comes to a point though, where they're being too overprotective or just too carefree. And I think it will be interesting to see kind of, there has to be a balance and I don't know where that balance would be. If that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. If that makes sense or not. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I I've got two kids and it's kind of like, this can play out really like badly, but you, you're not, you say that your parents love you. That's the main thing. But the second thing is you want them to be strong enough for when you're gone, that they can keep on going on and have their own kids. So that's one another reason why you just let them but you want to protect them at the same time but yeah. you also want them to go out there and see the world and figure things out for their own yeah. but you don't just want to be like okay you're five years old and you don't want to go to school today so you don't have to go to school you know what i'm saying things yeah. like that like it's you know and is there anything you would have changed growing up or maybe added on no i don't think so because i think everything is led to you know who I am and my thoughts are now and I I'm, I'm happy I'm content with who I am um and I think if I were to change anything it could alter that which I I don't I wouldn't want to do so no I wouldn't change anything okay that's an answer uh what what's your YouTube channel all your your handle so people can know where to find because when I'm the funny thing is I didn't have the I had to look it up because I think yeah I didn't have the link, so I had to look it up manually, what it was. What, what's the, uh, I guess, the handle for YouTube? For YouTube, you could just look up Exploring the Abandoned or Explore the Abandoned. It's going to be the first thing that comes up. And then on TikTok, it's Exploring the Abandoned YT, which stands okay. for YouTube. So that's us on TikTok as well. And then my Instagram is Casey Urbex. Okay. Um, now, what I was going to say is... Uh, I don't think I've shared. Have I shared my scariest story yet? No, Sorry. no. I don't want to like, I don't want to like throw off like the path you're going, but it's, no, it's, you're fine. We can throw that. We can throw that in the middle. <laughs> so we were in a, we were in a place because you mentioned a gun being pulled. So we have had a gun pulled on us. So we were in um, Penlock, which is near North St. Louis. And it's a, it's basically a completely abandoned town. There's about 300 people there, but I mean, it's in the middle of, I mean, it's in the middle of a very, very high crime. You're talking like 400% uh, 
higher than like higher crime than the national average very and and it's very abandoned there so we're just driving around and we're scouting out because we were going to do a mini documentary on kenlock maybe 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. we're like oh, well, let's drive around this whole like town kind of see you know what's there where we want to start where should we do the intro where do we need to fly the drone and we ended up driving down this dead-end street and there it's just abandoned stuff empty lots and then there's a house at the end of the street and then we're like, we pull down, we're like, oh, it's a dead end. Let's just turn around. And there's these two guys in the driveway of this house. And we go, we look at the house later on Google Maps. It's not an actual, there's no address to this house. Like it's, on Google Maps or anything, it just comes up as an empty house, no address. There's no mailing address to this house. So the house is really abandoned, but people are obviously staying there. And these two guys, they're in the driveway and they just both stop and they stare at us. Because we hit a dead end street. We're trying to figure out where to go. And then one of them, opens his door, grabs a gun, and then just starts sprinting at the car. Like, and then his buddy comes sprinting with him. And then we're like, and then my friend, he just, the guy was with, he just put it back and we just kind of floored it out of there. And we're like, and it was just, it was just scary. And then we're like, okay, well, that sucks. We're not doing the documentary. We're, we're going to take a, a quick hiatus. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not going to do the documentary <laughs> anymore. So mm. I do get, sometimes I do get nervous though. Um, people like some of my other family members are like, why are you going to these dangerous, like dangerous cities? And it's just, it's, just, it's where the places are at, you know? And I think as long as you exercise, of course there's bad luck. I'm not going to deny like wrong place, wrong time. Like that happens 100%. But if you exercise caution in a lot of these areas, I think for, for the most part, you'll, you'll be okay. I mean, you treat everybody you come into contact with whether it's a homeless guy whether it's i don't know somebody with status has i mean from the top to the bottom as long in these areas as long as you treat anybody with if you just treat them with respect they're going to treat you with respect back you know and if somebody i mean yeah it's just yeah the golden rule 100 so we're actually leaving i'm actually leaving tomorrow at 6 a.m and we're going to memphis I live in Kansas City. We're going to go to Memphis and then we're going to go to Jackson and then we're going to go to New Orleans. Okay. Uh, two or three days. So there's going to be a lot of new kind of content and different things like that. But I was talking with my family about that and they're just, or some of my distant relatives and they're like, you're going to go to Memphis. That's dangerous. You're going to go to New Orleans. And it's just, I mean, I, I just, I don't really say anything. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the family you're talking about probably watches the news. Like I, I don't watch, well, I don't think I ever watch the news to be fair. Like I, I'm not like that watch at six or seven o'clock and you hear all it, of these like horror stories happens though. I mean, I'm not going to, it does happen. Like bad things happen to just random people, but most of the time in these areas, it's not just random attacks on random people. Oh, you're completely right. And I think if what you Sometimes mentioned before yeah. the golden rule, it's the people, you know, and like, I think it's a small, Obviously, there's a chance, but it's it's very rarely random. People live their whole lives, like 50, 60, 70, 80 years in these communities and ha- haven't had issues. So the odds that you're going to go there one day or two days and something's going to happen. Now, the thing is, Matthew, a lot of people, you can't be the person, though, if somebody says something to you that you can't really be have like an ego or something because certain people are like, oh, that person just said, they looked at me weird or they said something to me. Like, you just ignore it, you know, de-escalate. If there's, if there's a situation, you either avoid this situation or de-escalate, be the bigger person. You know, if there's a homeless person who's coming up to you trying to start trouble, walk away. You don't need to prove yourself. And I think that's <laughs> an issue a lot of people have. They're like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to take anything from anybody. And it's just, it's a very poor mindset to have. You need to be the bigger person and walk away when a situation does arise. You know, and we've had things like that. And it's just, you need just need to know when to walk away and avoid confrontation as much as possible. While also, you need to also, but you don't want to come off as like scared or vulnerable and, you know, because then you stand out. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So, but yeah, I, that sounds exciting. Your trip though. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an early morning though. We're leaving right. at six. And, and you guys are driving? Yeah. We got to. Oh. We, well, we that's, rented a car. that's great though because i mean if you see something yeah you could always well i don't know if you guys are that are you guys quick on the 
quick on the gun ever like that? Like, oh, this place, like you didn't do any research. Would you pop in? If it's completely like wide open, yeah, I would. It just depends. Hey, I, I completely agree with you because like imagine because we're never gonna go back. Like there's like, yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's, like it's a missed opportunity. Cause you'll yeah, right. like you said, you I mean you might come back, but the odds are probably if local if it's local we'll scout it out yeah. and like but if it's like if we're on a trip or something we kind of tend to take more risks on a trip as well i also didn't mention this though we do we've got we have gotten a lot of negative feedback like oh you're trespassing the way the a lot of so my address to that is we're not stealing anything we're not you know if an owner has clearly made a building inaccessible or has attempted to we're not going to enter we're going to respect the owner I mean, we'll we'll try to get permission if we can. I mean, we've got like, for example, Detroit, which is has the Packard plant. It's the largest building, or it's the largest abandoned building in America. We paid fifty bucks to the property owner to get in there, and we were, you know, we yeah. just so we do so we don't always trespass, but you know, we respect the police, we respect the property owners. If they don't want us there, there's no arguing. We leave. We don't tear things up. We're we're just there to simply document the history of these places. Because if we don't. I mean, a lot of nobody else will, you know, did you have you ever had to sign a waiver? Because have you heard of the famous uh, it, it's been like contorted and hyperbolized many times, but the the robber who fell through the skylight yep. and sued the owners yep. at that school. Yeah, but that's the thing. It was technically a school and it was students who were like on the skylight or whatever and fell through. Have you ever had to sign like a waiver before going so, to the place? For the Packard plant, funny story, for the Packard plant, the guy, we paid the guy 50 bucks and he goes, yeah, usually I have people sign waivers, but yeah, I'm not, I don't really want to, I don't really want to get them right now. So I'm just going to, yeah, it's fine. Just don't hurt yourselves or do anything stupid. I'm like, man, yeah, I got mean... that on recording and like somebody fell and like died, like god forbid somebody died or got really really hurt i mean we could have i yeah. mean we have we would have them on video going yeah I, I mean i'm supposed to have you guys sign waivers but you guys look like you can handle it but that's what he said we're like okay <laughs> i mean we but, didn't care but that's what i would imagine like a you're getting permission and b if you're you're signing a waiver then i, I don't know why people wouldn't let you I think I think the issue is a lot of people is they just don't they don't believe they they don't believe like hey we want to go in there and film and document an abandoned place. A lot of these people, no offense, a lot of them are older, like a lot of these property owners, and they don't understand why would somebody want to go into an abandoned place to film and take pictures of it. Like they they think there's some ill intention. They're like, no, we, I don't no. want you to build. Yeah, like, I, I definitely see that. I like mean, I'm gonna like... steal something or like these kids just want to go in there and cause trouble. Like they don't understand why do you want to go do that. It just, and it's hard to explain. You're like, oh, we have a YouTube channel. What's YouTube? Like, it's just, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Is and that like, on AOL? Like, well, we have a TikTok too, which they're, which they're like. TikTok, that's the clock. That's the thing that needs to be made, you know? Like, we don't support that, but. But yeah, thank, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. So, so I have a question for you yeah so well i have two have you ever been to an abandoned place and would that would you ever do that would would i go yeah of course you I would go. go even yeah. if it was like trespassing or you'd still go see now i'm making you think you 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 bring a good question because if it was just me I also have a family and stuff yeah that, that, that that's what i i i have i have responsibilities now whereas i can't do as much stupid stuff as I used to when I was younger. Um, but I, I, I'd want to say I'd do it. It it would probably depend on the abandoned building. Right. Yeah. If, then, it, if it was the old Nintendo plant in uh no, there's no cool, there's no cool, really cool Nintendo plant, but that'd be interesting. <laughs> uh and then I was just curious. So like I'm kind of very surrounded in like this this community like personally and I'm around a lot of people. So what is it? So as an outsider, somebody who's not in the community, what how do you kind of see it? You know, like what do you see urban exploring, like abandoned photography as an outsider? What is because I have an insider's perspective. So it's kind of I have a very tainted view on like 
like how do people not in, involved in the hobby kind of look and see it i see it as whimsical but at the same time wasteful because my i have family in like northern western pennsylvania and when we're driving there you just see so many abandoned businesses so many abandoned gas stations and like they they all have stories and it's just like like what happened like this is going to sound super stupid but it's if you've ever played sims before you always imagine every business and every gas station is always going to be in service there's always going to be people working there no business owner sees their businesses going out within a year but 60 percent of them do and they all i mean a lot of these people they poured their life savings into that gas station you see to you it might just be oh it's a random gas station but these people poured their you know maybe they immigrated over here and this was their version of the american dream and it got destroyed you know to some extent they had to close it and it's just every place has a story so we try to captivate that story and the people it's it's not necessarily see the thing is it's not the people or it's not the places it's more of the people the people tell the story okay sir well have a good night hey uh, i i i really do appreciate it i apologize for not getting back to you sooner no you're completely fine and hopefully hopefully i mean my stories i don't think are too exciting but hopefully it entertained you in some way and hopefully you no, watched, you know. it was it was very i i was very like i usually go on i am uh imas and yep. usually yep. once in a while there's a like one you wouldn't even think about and that's just that was one that stood out to it you it was so yeah it was it was just it hit me so i was like i gotta i gotta message him and see uh if he'd be willing to talk yeah i appreciate it hopefully hopefully the change hopefully next time you see an abandoned an abandoned photo you're you'll uh might I'll change think about it yeah. a little bit yeah definitely yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. If you like this week's episode of People More Interesting Than Me, please follow me on Apple Podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these.